You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Jesus, man, you amaze me every day. Lord, I pray that you would help me communicate your word, not Chasen's words, but your words. Lord, I pray today that someone would, A, receive you. They would receive your Holy Spirit. Lord, we sing about that. Lord, rest on us in a way that only can be explained through you. Lord, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, if, you, if this is your first time to Marathon, we've, we're seeing more and more new people come to Marathon uh, for their first time ever. And, and I'm loving that because I've been a part of this church for over 20-something years. And um, I, I just love seeing a, what, what I would call a new crop right? A new harvest that is coming in. Um, And so welcome, you guys. If you're an old timer here at the church and you're like, I don't recognize that face, make sure you give them a fist bump and go, hey, welcome to Marathon Church. But if this is your first time, um, I I encourage you to connect center is going to be your way to go. But this series, uh, Love Dates and Heartbreaks, we've been in for three weeks. This is the third week. And I'm going to be vulnerable today, okay? That's the only way I know to be, right, David? That's the only way I know to be, is vulnerable and um, just honest. That's the way I pastor with people. And um, when they gave me this third week message of love dates and heartbreaks, I was like, man, you sure you want me to talk about relationships? Like, are you sure? And... uh, and, and Brian, listen, we all get in a room and we talk about series and we talk about where we're going for the whole year and six months in. And, and I, I love this series. Don't get me wrong. I love this series. It's a great series. And it's things that we need to hear. But when he first, when Brian first brought it to my attention, I was going, Brian, do you not realize what's going on in the world today? Like, do we really need to talk about love dates and heartbreaks? Right? And he was like, man, I really do, and here's the reasons why. And biblically, he was just showing me stuff. And dadgummit, if God doesn't speak to Brian Cox, okay? Like, there's been so many people, even my students, that have told me, hey, I listen, and that hit me so hard, and that made me change directions. It's, it's encouraged me to be a better person. It's encouraged me to get closer to Jesus. And I'm like, through this series, oh my gosh, there, I love that. And so I said, okay, I'm going to take this message and I'm going to look and go, okay, what are we trying to say? This, this message, I think you guys heard it. Um, we, we saw Andy Stanley, which is a great pastor. You may have heard of Charles Stanley before. It's his son. Um, they do this series in North Point in Atlanta and uh, we're a North Point partner and I, we saw them do this series. And so what we do with this series is we don't take it verbatim. What we do is we go, hey, these are some really cool things that Andy Stanley has said but they're not just cool, they are very wise. And so you'll see some stuff that Andy Stanley has said before, but a lot of this stuff is your pastors to your community. We're seeing and walking through life with you guys. And what I believe is God sharing stuff through us to share to you today. And so the third message they gave me, um, it's, it's, it's one of those that I go, okay, Lord, how do I apply that to my own life and what can I do? And I sort of take a little detour and then I come back, okay? We're gonna talk about God's grace today. We're gonna talk about God's grace and how God's grace plays such an important role. 
Uh, there's a couple of myths. I'm going to fly through this a little bit because I want to get towards the meat of this. But we've been talking about um, this heartbreak stuff and, and the love stuff and the dating. And Eddie's going to get into that next week a little bit more. But we, there's these myths about relationships. And the first myth is the right person myth. Once you meet the right person, everything will be all right. Right? Man, if I could just find that one person, yes, then I'll be good. That's a myth. Okay? Like, really, we, we, are, we fantasize about finding this right person. Like, seriously, we really do. But we don't fantasize about becoming the right person. Right? That got me. We fantasize about the right person, but we, we don't ever think about becoming the right person. The second myth was this promise myth. A promise replaces the need for preparation. Guys, straight off, you ready? Um, I've been married for 18 years, okay? Or next, let's see, two weeks from now or three weeks from now, I will be married for 18 years. And uh, I've been with my wife together as a couple for 22 years. Shoo, 22 years. We were high school sweethearts. Everybody go, oh. That was all the women that said that. All the men, I ain't gonna say that. It's stupid. It's stupid. I'm a man. We'll see by the end of this message. We'll see. But I've been with her, and man, I tell you, it's been a roller coaster. Man, it's been so ups and downs. And this promise myth has hit me so hard between the eyes. All Brian said the first week, all you need, this is what a lot of us think, all we need is a promise and a party and we'll call it a day. <laughs> what? Guys, okay, let me be shoot straight with you. Um, I was 19 when I got married. Oh my God. I was 19 when I got married. The night before I got married, I was in my house, uh, my parents' house near Table Rock. And then um, I got married, went on a honeymoon, went to Disney World. Oh boy. Okay. And then, um, it was great. We come back. I don't go to that house anymore. Right. You might know what I'm talking about. I go to this foreign home that we rent with this lady. I'm like, Oh shoot. I'm responsible for her too. Right? Like, Oh God. And then there's a thing called bills. You guys know about these things? Bills? Um, I absolutely hate them, right? I did not prepare whatsoever for any of this at all. Then I think it's a good idea to bring two dogs, two mutts in the mix, okay? Mayor and Crowder, that was their names. We go to our workplaces. We leave the dogs in the bathroom. That's what married couples do. We'll come home, we'll walk them around the neighborhood in Pickens, dodge the bullets. It's going to be great. We come home. Man, our bathroom door literally is in half, falling out, water, just I can see the ground from where I'm standing, and the dogs are like, (laughs) and I'm going, I'm responsible for this. Not my dad, not my mom, right? Like, I'm responsible. And I look at my wife and she goes, oh no, we are responsible. 
And I'm just like, let's get rid of the dogs. No, I love them. Right? There was so much. I was not prepared whatsoever. I thought a promise and a party covered it all and we would be good. It did not work, right? And if anybody knows that for themselves, you know what I'm talking about. Like it, it hits you hard. It hits you hard. Saying I do makes you accountable, not capable. <laughs> Very true. Guys, I, like I said, 18 years of marriage, 22 as a couple. I have felt accountable, yes. But I, because of my lack of preparation, I don't feel capable a lot of times. And if you feel accountable, but you're not capable, what's going to happen is you're going to become miserable. You're going to become miserable. Now, some of you guys out here and girls, you're checked out already because you're like, that's ah, a dating series. I'm not going to pay attention. Okay. Here's the deal. This is for everyone. This is not, I'm not just talking about marriage. I'm talking about relationships with your neighbor, with your kids, with your dating life, marriage life, single people, single again people, widows. This is across the board. So don't check out on me right yet. Satan will tell you, just like he told me in that staff meeting with the pastors, you don't need that. And gosh darn it, if we do need it, okay? That was so Southern. Let's don't do that again, okay? Gosh darn it, who says that? Anyway, don't, yeah, me, that's right. Yeah. Don't check out on me. Let's wait to the very end to see. Being accountable and capable, it will leave you miserable. In my marriage, I'm gonna be honest with you. In my marriage, there's been so many times that I look at my wife and she looks at me and sometimes we're just miserable. Can I be honest? Doesn't mean that we don't have an amazing marriage. Doesn't mean that we don't have a great life. What that means is something is, we're off kilter. Something's not adding up. You see what I'm saying? And we become miserable and we go, okay, let's step back and let's figure out what this is because this is no way to live. This, has, this is not what God intended. And the only way that I can tell you like, seriously, we have been through the lowest of lows and the highest of highs. I feel like I, I can say that we, we have, sometimes it felt like we went through hell and back. It's been so bad, but it's been so good. Well, how did we, how, are we, how am I standing here being able to give you this message today? Because I follow Jesus. And, and Jesus means everything to me. I don't try to fix it on my own. The solution is not what I can offer. The solution is, is Jesus, show me, convict me. Where am I wrong? Oh, that's where I'm wrong. Okay, I need to do this for my wife. Okay. And as we go through this a little bit more, you'll see for people, for people, just people in general, humankind, like Jesus 
blatantly says, this is what you should do for others. And so following Jesus makes you, uh, makes you have a better life. That's how I'm able to stand before you and say that me and my wife, we have a great marriage because both of us love Jesus. And when things get rocky and both of us become miserable and we're going, what's happening? We look back to Jesus and we say, Jesus, we're not capable. Hmm. He will make your life better and make you better at life just by following Jesus. There's a thing that Brian said, become the person, the person you're looking for is looking for. I try to help out and, you know, or I I do, I, I work with the kids and all that stuff. And I, I try my best to really focus in on the kids ministry as much as I can, but I like to come in here and peek my head in and greet people as much as I can and let them know like, Hey, your kids are okay. They're, they're not going to die. It's going to be awesome. Um, like I try my best to do that. And when I came in the first Sunday of this series, Brian, he was, he was saying this line and he, but he kept saying it because it was like, what, what did he say? Become the person, the person you're looking for is looking for. Become the person that you're looking for, is looking for. And then he asks a really hard question. So are you the person, the person you're looking for is looking for? Are you that person? And I, man, that question haunts me. It does, it haunts me, you guys. Because I love my wife. I do. But after 18 years, am I still becoming the person that she's wanting and looking for? Am I still prepping for her like I did when I was in high school? This is what I mean. Like, like a lot of you, man, you'll, you'll get in this mirror and you will spend hours on end for the ladies doing makeup for the men like spraying their hair or doing the whatever it is, right? I remember spending so much time. I used to have long hair. And I mean, I, man, I would straighten that thing. Gosh, here's my man card. Like I would straighten my hair, getting prepared for Casey, right? And we would be going off to, on dates and then, oh gosh, I just remember this. You guys remember um, Eminem, 8 Mile? You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, I straight up had the whole bleach blonde thing going. Worst decision ever. Don't do that. It was horrible. But I was, I was doing all these things to prep for her in hopes that she would go, that's what I'm looking for. Sign still delivered. I'm yours, right? Like, seriously. And I would spend so much time doing it. And, and look, she's, she's just a little bit older than me. And so back in high school, she got to drive first. I'd be like, yo, take me somewhere, you know? And I would prep because I wanted her to want me. I wanted her to like me. And I wanted her, I wanted to become the person that she needed. And I would spend so many hours in this mirror just trying. But if you ask me today, am I still becoming the person that she needs and wants? 
I mean, you throw in three kids now, two of them are redheads. Good gracious. One's a teenager. One's on her way. I, I have to be honest and say, probably no. <laughs> Sometimes probably no. And that hurts my heart. And this is where I want to just spend just a little bit of time and dig a little deeper. I have students that come up to me all the time and, and they ask me about dating. <laughs> dating in this day and age. What? Okay. Um, and they'll say, like the guys, a lot of times the guys will go, yo, Pastor Chasen, um, do you have any scripture verses or anything like I can use for, to get this girl? I think she likes me. And like, of course, I get, like you just did, I, I get the giggles, I, I hear those, and I, I hear like, you know, the little murmur and stuff like that. And then being the cool pastor that I am, I don't want to give them all the answers. I want them to study a little bit, right? And so I'll go, I don't know, bro, you tell me. Wait, have you been studying? You got something for me today? And they're like, oh, uh, uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So all things are possible through God. You missed the context of that verse, bruh. Like, all things are possible through Christ's sins for me. Like, 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 all these things, like, but that are called and according to his purpose. Like, there's a whole paragraph that has nothing to do with dating. Don't use that one, okay? Some of you heard that, and you're like, in the words of Jim Carrey on Dumb and Dumber, so you're telling me there's a chance, right? Like, I understand that's a great verse. Don't use that for dating, though, okay? And I... To answer the question that all everybody's asking, where is in the Bible dating scripture? Here's what I found. There's not. There's not. There's no like big title that says, if you're wanting to date a woman or a man, read here. There's not that. But all through scripture, there is tons of verses and parables and lessons that are to be learned that Jesus, even himself in the New Testament, shares about relationships. And how we apply those to our life determines on how our relationships end up. And so, as we get into this, we talk about how Craig said the fine print. We look at, last week, the, the fine print of it all. We look at uh, John 15, 12, where uh, he says, my command, Jesus says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Okay, that's a great principle that we can apply to our lives. Those are the, the fine print. We can do this new commandment that Jesus has said for us to do when it comes to relationships. Love each other as I have loved you. But what, what is love then? Okay, and so Craig unfolded it a little bit. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it does, is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it is, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Pause. <laughs> if any of you guys and, and your spouses, let's just talk to marriage and dating and all that, if you get really excited when your spouse or significant other is wrong, that's so messed up, okay? Like, I, my wife is always right. I'm gonna be honest, okay? That's right, brownie points. She's always right, no joke. But there are times 
When Casey herself is wrong and Chasen is right. And I go, yeah, you know, and I'm like, yes, I'm, yeah, I'm right. Say it again, babe. Say it again. One more time. One more time. That's messed up. Don't do that. Okay. Because love, right, does not delight in evil. Now we're joking and we're both on the same side as that, but love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So I'm going to leave this screen up right here for just a minute. Okay. Some of you need to get your phones out and you need to, you need to take a picture of this one. And here's the reason why this is your scorecard on how you're doing. You need to ask yourself when it comes to people, relationships, marriage, whatever it is, how am I doing at being patient? If you ask me, not so good. Okay, there's days where that's like a 20 percenter. Okay, I do okay in the kind category. I do okay in the not jealous, not arrogant, the honoring, I'm okay. Selfless. Hi. Sometimes I'm just selfish. I told you I'm honest, y'all. How are you doing at this? Trusting. But Chase, you don't know my wife's spending. Uh, uh, protecting, hopeful, persevering. Are you willing to persevere even when it gets tough? Are you willing to keep going even when it looks like there's no hope in sight? Are you still becoming that person that they are needing and wanting? Because it's not, it is not, um, love is very selfless. And what the world wants you to know is that it's okay for you to be selfish with what you want. But as we see on the cross, it's selfless. Jesus died on an awful cross so that we could have relationships and we could have grace and we could have mercy and ultimately we could have salvation that we could spend eternity with him. Free of sin, free of the chains. Are we becoming, are we doing these things? Well, Chase, I will never be this for anyone. I can't be all that for anyone. Did you not hear what I just said? You're right. You're not alone in that. There are so many people, women, men, teenagers. There's so many people that they give up when they, when they fail at one of these. And this is what today is all about. There's no need to fail. There's no need, like, all right, let me switch this out with something. You guys have been trying your best to become that person for your significant other or for the other people. You're trying to become that person, but this is actually what it looks like. Do you see what I'm saying? 
You're trying to become even a better Christian and your walk with Jesus through a mirror of broken pieces. Because every time you look in that mirror, you see failure after failure, mistake after mistake. You see all of these things and, and then you even take the break, broken pieces and you go, well, if I just put that right there, yep, yep, they will never know it. And you try to fix, if I just had a little bit more money, then, you know, I would become that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, re- I, I failed at finances. If I could just, man, if I could do this for my wife or, or maybe it's you're on your fourth marriage and you are bringing all the broken pieces with you. Maybe you have kids in, in with multiple people <laughs> and, and all of a sudden you get saved and all of a sudden you have a new relationship with Jesus and you go and you try to do, you're trying to do this, but you're taking all of those pieces and you're putting it in a mirror that really shouldn't even exist for you because that's not how God sees you. God doesn't see you as broken. God sees you as restored. God sees you as redeemed. And if you would not look through this lens, you could actually see the love that God has for you and who you can become to someone else. But we choose, every one of us, I don't care how spiritual you are, we choose to consistently look through a broken mirror. I want to show you this because this right here is a, uh, something that I was shown during marriage counseling and stuff like this. It has God at the top and then you have your husband and wife and you can take this however you want to, like as far as like, you know, if you're dating your boyfriend and girlfriend, whatever. God is at the top of this. And when, when further from God, the distance between the husband and wife becomes. But if both of us keep God the focus, when we, we become closer to God, the husband and wife will be closer to each other. Out of 18 years of marriage, that is the only way, the only way that I'm standing here today is because God has become the relationship I tell everybody, I do tell students, it's not okay for you to to date and be married to unequally yoked people as scripture says. What does that mean? If you are saved and the other person is not, you don't need to have a relationship. They need to get to know Jesus. They need to have a relationship with Jesus and then you can have a relationship together. Because the honeymoon is that phase is just a phase. It will go away. And obviously, if God is not in the center of that relationship, no bueno. Are y'all tracking with me? So if that's the truth, and that has happened, and I'm from experience, I have witnessed this. I have witnessed this. If that's the truth, then this right here is the biggest statement ever of this series, I would think. Because the only relationship that matters most is your relationship with God. Any other relationship will not work without him. None. 
Chase, do you mean that I need to care about God more than my wife? Yep, absolutely. So I need to care about my relationship more with God than I do my kids? Yes. For some of you, that's hard to understand. Because here's, here's what you need to grasp. Without God in your relationship, you don't have a relationship. I don't care what kind of money you have, you can't take it with you when you die. I don't care what stuff you provide for your kids that they have the coolest shoes and all that stuff. Do that. My son wants all that stuff and I try my best to provide as much as I can. But you know what I tell him? What matters most is his relationship with God. Why? Because that's what matters. And if if he has God, everything else will fall in its place. If he sees God, then he's not gonna be looking through broken pieces all the time. Satan wants you to walk around with this mirror of broken pieces. He wants you to see this all the time. You can't become anybody when you're looking through broken glass. Guys, God's grace is the only thing that restores broken pieces of our souls. That's God's grace restores the broken pieces of our soul. That's it. And if we want to have any kind of a relationship, we need to see through the lens and through the, the, the mirror, however you want to put it, through God's eyes and God's grace. I was reading um, Ephesians 1.7. In him, we have redemption. Everybody say redemption. Redemption. We have redemption through his blood. What that means is on the cross, when Jesus shed his blood, we are redeemed. Do you hear me? I don't care what your past looks like. You are forgiven. You are redeemed because of the blood of Jesus Christ. The forgiveness of sins in in accordance with the riches of God's grace. We are redeemed. You may have a really messed up relationship or you may be in a really bad relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend. And as we found out last week, they may be dishonoring you. And you may need to get out of that relationship if you, before you're married, right? There's, there's t- I wish we had a conference on this and we could go through and actual do some really bullet point stuff that you can physically do. And we've been talking a little bit about that. But as of right now, because it's time, we, you need to walk away today going, I'm redeemed. I don't need to have this broken glass piece in my, in my vision anymore. Because I'm looking at relationships and I'm looking at people all wrong. I'm basing it off of unclear vision of who God is. I'm, I'm looking at grace completely different. I'm not even seeing grace at this point. I was reading a book by Brennan Manning and it's called Ragamuffin Gospel. I'd encourage anybody to read it. It just, it shows you just how amazing God's grace is. And I came across this in his book. The moment, 
the focus of your life shifts from your badness to his goodness. And the question becomes not what have I done? The question becomes what can he do? A lot of times we walk going, I'll never be good enough. Some of you walked in this door today carrying so much shame, guilt. The world is full of bad news. It's awful. But every time that I open up my Bible, and I start to read, I see that there is good news. There's redemptive power in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. There's a marriage, either in this room or someone watching online, that you literally this week are about to sign divorce papers. Don't do it. Don't do it. God can redeem what went wrong. There is people that are getting ready to be in a relationship. I don't know who needs it. I don't know. But there's someone that is about to be in a relationship that is going to be abusive. And you're just doing it because you see broken pieces and you're looking at that person going, there's no other right person out there because I'm broken. That's false. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Don't you ever sell yourself short. Don't ever walk into a place like this and go, I'm just, I'm not worthy to be here. Hold your head up and say, by the grace of God, I am redeemed and I have value. Do you see why this is for everyone? This is not for just a married person or a dating because people, you're walking around with broken pieces. God doesn't see you broken. He sees you restored. You don't know what I've done. I probably don't. But you probably don't know what I've done. Guys, God's grace is unlimited. When we wallow in guilt, remorse, and shame over real and imaginative sins of our past, we disregard God's gift of grace. Hebrews says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance. This race marked out for us. This life, it's a race, okay? And Jesus has to be the forefront of it all. But what if, this would be so dumb. You're like, okay, I got it. I'm headed off to this race, this relationship, whatever it is, I'm ready to go. And you show up for the race, you're trying to become this person and you're ready for it, but you show up with a hundred pound backpack of weights on you. That's dumb. You ain't ever gonna win a race like that. That's why God says, son, I don't care what you've done. I don't see that anymore. I see who you're built to be. 
It's not what have you done, it's what can he do through your marriage? What can he do through your relationship with your kids? Y'all following me? So, as we close, let's go back to that statement. I believe this, you can't become the kind of person the person you're looking for is looking for until you see yourself the way God sees you, redeemed. That's scripture. Y'all follow me? Walk out of here with the good news of Jesus. You're redeemed. You're redeemed online. You're redeemed. You guys stand with me? Let's start becoming that person. Let's start becoming that person. Like for me, every time I look, I told you guys that I don't feel like I'm always the the person that Casey needs or wants. So what do I do? I step back, I look at my scorecard, what love is, and I look at where I was wrong, what I needed to work on. And I don't walk into the next phase of our marriage carrying a bunch of baggage. I go, I'm redeemed. Because I'm redeemed, I can have patience. Because I'm redeemed, I can love, I can be kind. Because I'm redeemed, I can persevere. And if I can do it, you can do it too. You guys pray with me, Jesus. Lord, I pray today that they didn't hear my words. Lord, I do pray that they see themselves through your eyes, the lenses of grace and mercy. Because that plays such a big role in our relationships. Lord, if there's someone that doesn't know you here today, Lord, I pray that you would convict them, Lord. And and if they do want to get saved, they'd come meet me down front. Jesus, I pray that for the marriages that are going to be healed today, that you would give them courage to see it through. Lord, I'm proclaiming victory on marriages that are broken. I'm proclaiming victory on those that are dating right now that are struggling to see themselves as valued. Lord, I pray that you make yourself obvious. Lord, I look forward to the time when I hear the story about today's message and how you transform their lives, their their marriages. I'm, I'm proclaiming that in Jesus' name. Satan, you have no power or authority over our people, over our marriages. Lord, I give you all the glory, all the honor. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.